you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 2017 Pro Bowl vote is here. It's time to vote for the NFL's best players to earn their spot at Pro Bowl, where the best meets the next. Help your favorite player earn a coveted spot on the Pro Bowl roster. Vote today at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. And now, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's going on? Move the sticks here, DJ Bucky. Bucky, we're going to do our uh, our draft of NFL games, three apiece. We're looking forward to this week. Man, it's a great slate, by the way. Have you taken a peek at that? I have taken a peek at it. You know, come on, this is what we do. A, yeah. lot of, a lot of good games this weekend. A lot of big games. we got our college picks to make. Um, before we get to that, though, did you see my, uh, my tweet on the Ohio State guys in the NFL playing this year? I did. It's amazing, huh? This is ridiculous. I, I was trying to think of if you can remember even historically – um, one school in one year with this many guys doing what they're doing right now at the NFL level as rookies as these Ohio State. The only the only teams that I can think about during our time would be those Miami teams in the early 2000s when those guys kind of migrated into the National Football League. But I don't I, know if they've been. But I got to look at this kind of that year one that they yeah. all did this. They're all so many phenomenal players. But I mean, just look at this: Joey Bosa, who's I think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. You think he's going to win it? I think he's going to win it. You think he's going to win it? Who else is going to win it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, Keanu Neal. He's been good. Keanu Neal. Joey Bosa hasn't been blocked yet. No, he hasn't. Uh, I don't know if he's going to have enough production, though. I think he's got four sacks. So he yeah. he gets to like seven, eight sacks. Yeah, Yannick Ngakwe has he's had a bunch sacks. of sacks. He has a bunch of sacks, but, but Joey Bosa's playing at a really high level. Then you've got Ezekiel Elliott, who's in the MVP race, for crying out loud. Uh, is a shoe-in. I guess you wouldn't say shoe-in with his teammate, with Dak Prescott, one of them. Yes, I have a surprising MVP candidate that we can talk about. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, You've got Eli Apple started six games for the Giants. You've got Taylor Decker, who's played pretty well at left tackle. The Lions fans love love you for uh, for not having – No, no, Jack Conklin. Jack Conklin is the one. You get crushed by the Titans. I I know. Um, Darren Lee started four games linebacker for the Jets. Michael Thomas, who we talk about with the Saints, playing great, started eight games – uh, there, his teammate Von Bell. Von Bell's playing the Saints, well. Eight starts. Adolphus Washington D tackle started eight games with the Bills. The Texans Braxton Miller 
uh, five games he started, and then Nick Vanette has uh, started a game at tight end for the Seahawks. And you've got a couple undrafted guys, too, in uh, Jalen Marshall and who was the other one? Tyvis Powell, man? Yeah, Tyvis Powell, another one. So you've got all these guys from Ohio State uh, having that type of an impact, which, is, by the way, I went to the bowl game last year and watched them against Notre Dame. Unfortunately, that was the game that uh, – we had, we had the injury with Jalen Smith, but man, I'm sitting here watching this team, and I had just watched Alabama, Michigan State play the day before, and I'm like, it's not even. Ohio State was so much more talented than, than either of those teams, and Alabama's loaded. All those kids came back, and they're number one, but all those dudes at Ohio State last year, how did they not win the national championship last year? He had a couple of hiccups, and it was, it was also hard. State. Yeah, it was hard for them to stay focused going back to back. Like, they had won so many games in a row and had so much success. They won a national title. Sometimes. Drunk off that success, you can't necessarily come back and, and do it again. All right, let's jump into these NFL games here. I'll give you the first pick. Which game are you looking forward to? The Ooh, first pick? Wow, so many games. I'm going to go right to the Steelers and the New York Giants. Okay. Uh, this is fascinating to me on a couple different fronts. Obviously, Antonio Brown versus Odell Beckham Jr., which young playmaker is the number one receiver in the game. Both guys have shattered the record book. Both guys have tremendous – um, combinations of speed, quickness, explosiveness, playmaking ability. Both can double as punt returners. So I'm fascinated by that. But I'm really intrigued by the defenses of both teams because if these teams are going to make legitimate runs, their defenses will have to carry the way, carry kind of carry the load. And when I look at the New York Giants in the last five games, they have 21 sacks. Jason Pierre-Paul has reemerged as a fact. He has seven sacks on the year. He had three sacks and a pick six a week ago. They're kind of beginning to find their 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 way on defense, and so if that defense can come up to snuff, I know we've kind of ridden the Dallas Cowboys in. They're probably going to be the number one seed in the NFC. But the teams that can beat them, I believe, come from the division when it comes to the playoffs. If the New York Giants get into the playoffs and are able to take on the Dallas Cowboys, I think that could be, be a very very interesting contest in the postseason. Yeah, JPP last week too. The you know look the. The pick six got all the attention, but you nailed it. The three sacks. He was doing some of that old school stuff. He's got kind of almost like I almost call it like a euro step. Yeah, a little, little inside little outside yeah. that he that he does. It, it's it's phenomenal. He's playing back at that uh, uh, pretty high level there. That's big. Every Giants team we talk about all the time that's had success in the postseason. Pass, pass rush. Pass, pass rush. rush. Been able to do it without blitzing. All right. So this this first pick for me here, and again, this is a great slate, including the Thursday night game. Which, by the way, we have our uh, we have our previews. We preview a bunch of these games on other videos. You can find that on YouTube. Um, on our uh, NFL channel on YouTube. Just pump in, move the sticks. You can see a lot of our game previews on there. We also have the NFL Pick'em Show that airs on the weekend with Damashek and around the NFL guys. So uh, be sure to check that out. But my game I'm looking forward to, maybe you know not the sexiest, Buccaneers-Chargers. Two teams coming off That's big wins. That's a really good one. Buccaneers are hot right now. Jameis is playing at a really high level. Their defense, though, has been a big surprise to me. Noah Spence and company getting after the quarterback. They're making plays. The Chargers, it doesn't matter who gets hurt. They just, you know, they're in every game. You know they're going to be in it. Whether or not they can win it, they found a way recently to kind of close some of these games. So Tyrell Williams emerging as a, as a front-line star at the wide receiver position. Dontrell Inman also making contributions. We've got Bosa, who we talked about a little bit earlier on defense with Melvin Ingram and all those guys playing good up front. So uh, this is going to be a really good competitive game. Kind of, You could say it's an elimination game for the Chargers. That, that division is so low. They have to win this game to, to stay alive. They have to do that. But they've been in every game. They've probably led most games going into the fourth quarter. Looking at the Buccaneers' offense, I'm going to say I underestimated what Mike Evans was going to be in the league. Um, I'm writing about him now, and I'm looking at him, and 
I have to consider him. Is he a top five receiver in the league based on what he's been able to do? Three straight 1,000-yard seasons. It's only been done three other times in NFL history. Randy Moss was one of the guys that was able to do it. Uh, that's elite company. Dominated the Seahawks a week ago. Going against an injured and kind of beaten up San Diego Chargers secondary. I wonder what the Chargers would do to kind of eliminate him. But he has been Jameis Winston's favorite target. Let's see if he can keep it rolling. All right, let's go to uh, your next pick here. Who you got? Next pick, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions and New Orleans Saints. Okay. Uh, I believe Matt Stafford is maybe the front runner for the MVP award. I know there's a lot of buzz and energy coming over uh, Derek Carr's kind of reign and the way that he's played. But Matthew Stafford, to me, is the best quarterback in the league. And I say that full well knowing that Tom Brady and Drew Brees are still playing at a high level. But what this guy has done since week eight, he's like – 38-9 touchdown to interception ratio this year alone. He has been on fire. The last seven games, he's been throwing the ball all over the yard, passer rating of 102. He is getting it done. And when you think about it, if we talk about quarterbacks being judged by their ability to play clutch football, seven fourth-quarter comebacks this year. Um, he has the most 24 since he entered the league and most fourth-quarter comebacks. He's, he's getting it done, and I'm surprised because he's been able to do it without Calvin Johnson and really without a true number one receiver because Golden Tate and Marvin Jones are nice players, but I don't think they're dominant number one players. Here's a video idea we should do. If you played a game of quarterback horse, ooh, I think I would take Matthew Stafford just in terms of, all right, you're gonna, I'm going to fade away. I'm going to throw from this arm <laughs> slot right here across the field. Okay, this time I'm going to roll to the right. I'm going to throw it across to the other hash going this way. It's going to be on a line. I think he in a game of quarterback horse. I think I go with Matt Stafford. I mean, I think I think you should go with him. He's athletic. He has a strong arm. When you think about Matt Stafford, you think about number one overall pick. That is what a number one overall pick is supposed to look like. He's supposed to be gifted with all the physical traits that you want, but he's also supposed to have the intangibles and things to lead a franchise out of the doldrums. He's been able to do that. Matthew Stafford, to me, is the guy. All right. How about? Uh, Next one here. I'm going to go Chiefs-Falcons. Nice. Nice pick. Chiefs-Falcons and this Chiefs pass rush going up against the Falcons offensive line I think is playing pretty high level right now, the way they're the way they're dialed in. I think Alex Mack, one of the great additions here in the offseason. The Chiefs, though, I mean, Justin Houston, the way they got him rolling, they have so many different fastballs they can throw at you on the defensive line. And, and one of the things when I was studying Tom Bahali, if there's different ways you can pass said. People have different philosophies on that. If you vertical set, Meaning you're 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 coming back, kicks, as, you're kick, kick, kicking kick straight back. Slide, so yeah. there's a 45, or you can just jump set, guys. If you're vertical setting and creating that much runway with Tom Bali, you get what you deserve because uh, you you're not stopping over. his charge with no. that type of a runway. Yeah, he will turtle you up, as we say. He will put you on your back and he'll run through you. And it's funny you talk about the Chiefs having two pass rushers. What would be interesting and fascinating would be to look at the AFC West and all the pass rushers. Every team in that division has two or more pass rushers. You talk about having a number of guy, number of fastballs that you can throw. Kansas City Chiefs being able to throw that out there with Justin Houston, D4, Tamba Ali, being able to get some inside pressure from Dontari Poe, even your guy from Mississippi State, Chris Jones. They're loaded on defense, and they going they will need it because the Atlanta Falcons' offense is on fire. All right, somebody on Periscope wanted to know when we were going to talk hockey. Um, so. Truth be told, have you ever been to a hockey game? Absolutely. Yes, I have. I went to the Buffalo Sabres when Dominic Hasek was keeping everybody out. It would be 1-0 all the time. And then the Carolina Hurricanes 
had just moved into my hometown. I'll check them out. So you, you've you been to a bunch of hockey Oh, yeah, I know what's going on. I've been to one hockey. They wanted us to talk hockey. They're, they're probably joking, but we're talking hockey. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the one hockey game I've been to featured the Monroe Moccasins. Uh, in oh, Louisiana, which Louisiana. if you haven't been to a minor league hockey game in Louisiana, you aren't living. Okay, that's the only hockey game I've ever been to. Everybody says I need to go to. Make sure you bring show. a jacket because it's cold in the rink. Yeah, I don't know if it was that cold in Monroe. Uh, the ice was a little melting. Cold in the rink. The thing that I can tell you about Buffalo, what Buffalo had back then, uh, this was the mid-'90s, the Sabres were really good, like uh, fried bologna sandwiches. Come on. Quarter pound fried bologna sandwiches. Come on. <laughs> right there because there used to be a little establishment um, – uh, Rob Ray, called Razors. Rob Ray was kind of like their goon on the team. So that was the deal. So, yeah, I've been to plenty of hockey games up there. Why are they talking about – we're talking about hockey, Periscope, because somebody asked us to talk about hockey. Somebody asked us. We're we, gave, we give the people what they wanted there. Uh, all right, is it my turn to pick now? No, it's my turn. Who, who and it's got? my turn. And since you had me talking about hockey and Western New York, I'm going to talk about the Buffalo Bills and the Oakland Raiders. This is a huge game for both teams. For the Raiders, it's a big game because – even though they're 9-2, and two, I still believe that there's some people waiting for the other shoe to drop. Is this Cinderella team? Is this a team that can do it? Are they a legitimate team? Can they be one of the top two teams in the AFC? Can they supplant the New England Patriots as the number one seed? So you want to see if they can continue to get it done at home, maybe against a team that they probably should beat in the Buffalo Bills. For the Buffalo Bills, this is a big game because they've kind of made the climb back, not out of – to respectability, but they're still in the playoff mix. Tyrod Taylor, LaShawn McCoy, Sammy Watkins coming back. Can that offense generate enough points against the Raiders to stay in it in a shootout? On the flip side, defensively, what will be their game plan? I want to see how Rex Ryan and Dennis Thurman and Rob Ryan, how will they attack Derek Carr? We're talking about Derek Carr being the, the up-and-comer, the next great quarterback that we've seen. How will they game plan to slow him down? Because no one has shown the ability to kind of get him out of his game. I'll tell you my favorite matchup to watch in that game. Marcel Darius, who since he's come back has made a big impact for Absolutely. the Bills against that interior three, whoever he gets inside with the Raiders. Have you seen what Coletio Semley's been doing to people this year? Oh, I mean, they mash him all. I mean, they That's are the Raiders. angry dude, man. That is a big, strong, angry dude. And Marcel Darius and him, that's going to be – trust me, if you're watching this game on TV, focus your eyes inside on that interior three offensive line against the Bills, and it'll be fun to watch. I think Rex – he might surprise you because Rex and Rob are known for blitzing exotic. They're going to throw you a lot of stuff. I think, they, I think they may play coverage. I think they're going to play coverage in this game. I'm I think they, I think they're going to play coverage, and they're going to dare the Raiders to run the football at them and yeah. see if Latavius Murray can be a factor. I, I'm, I'm with you 100% there. I think this is a really close game. Um, man, I think I'm, I'm going to lean towards the Raiders in that one, but I think it's really, really close. So we got one more. Oh, this, you're, you're done. I just get my last one here. i got to go tonight, right? Cowboys-Vikings. This is a great Thursday night game. Mike Zimmer might not be there. That's I don't think it's scary. I don't think it's it is scary for him, and it's unfortunate that he has surgery, and hopefully he is fine. I think for the Minnesota Vikings, this is a statement game. National TV, everyone gets to see him. We've kind of poured dirt on them for maybe the second or third time this season. Let's see if they stand up. This is intriguing, not to take over your matchup, because I want to see that pass rush versus the Cowboys Ooh. offensive line. I know we talk about their ability to run the ball with Zeke Elliott, but at some point they've always been really good at stopping the run. How does Dak handle having those edge rushers coming at them, and what is Dallas's counter to that? Should be a fascinating matchup to watch. I think the key is going to be their interior rush because I think those Tyron Smith is going to handle his business. On the other side, though, I think they'll be able to get some speed rush off that edge. I think they're going to be able to force Dak up into the pocket. 
They just need Joseph and company to get some push inside. They get some push inside. Don't give him anywhere to climb. If they do that, I think they can be successful. But they're going to have to dominate it up front because the Cowboys, all, all comers, they've all tried, and they cannot deal with this offensive line. They dominate every game. The Eagles gave him fits for a long time until eventually they wore him down, wore and, down. Ended up, and ended up making it making it happen. This should be their kind of their kind of battle. The Dallas Cowboys want to play physical. The Minnesota Vikings are a physical defense. This should be a heavyweight fight. Um Kind of be an opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys to kind of confirm to everybody they're the best team in the league. All right, before we move on to these college picks here, Bucky, one thing I'm writing on today, I want to see what you're writing on in our notebook here. But uh, two interesting names for me in the upcoming NFL offseason. I know we're not there yet, two of them. A.J. McCarron, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. In a quarterback class that hasn't – we don't know who else coming to the draft, but right now it doesn't look all that shiny and, and, and impressive. Those two guys are going to be very interesting trade chips. Now, last year they decided Marvin Lewis decided not to trade AJ McCarron, right? Mm-hmm. Decided, no, you know what? We we have a what we feel like is a championship caliber team. You don't want your season to be derailed. If something happens to your quarterback. We have one of the best backups in the league. Well, now the team's kind of falling off. I don't know if it's I wouldn't say rebuild, but maybe a little mini rebuild here for the Bengals. Use him the as next a nice, couple years. Use him as a nice bargaining chip. It's a nice bargaining chip. For no them. free agent quarterbacks on the market. None. Yeah. So you're talking about being able to drive the price up. And also, in looking ahead to the 2017 draft, we both will say that, eh, I don't know if there's a sure thing at the quarterback position. So, A.J. McCarron, Jimmy Garoppolo, we've seen them play NFL games. We've seen them have success against NFL teams. They could impact the 2017 draft in terms of how the quarterbacks come off the board. Then the other side of it is, the, the downside is, is there an Osweiler effect where teams will say, okay, I've seen Ooh. a little bit of Garoppolo. I like what I've seen. I've seen a little bit of A.J. McCarron. But you know what? We saw a sliver of Osweiler, and we, we, we thought he was going to be pretty good. So maybe that will deter them from doing that. I just think that, with, with Hugh Jackson, you know, look, it sounds like he's going to be back. I don't know. When, if you go 0-16, to me, all bets are off. I'm all for giving coaches three years. Mm-hmm. But if you go 0-16, I don't know. There's no precedence for you to come back at that point in time. If he does come back – he has an experience with McCarron. He knows what he wants to do. He's an upgrade over what they have on the roster. It would seem to make a lot of sense. The only thing that would discourage it from happening is inside the division, and maybe Cincinnati does not want to deal him within the division. That might be a huge consideration. But the one thing that that Cincinnati could get back possibly from the Browns, they have multiple top picks. Mm-hmm. So they have all the currency that you want. So you want to do a quick rebuild, trade Agent McCarron to the Cleveland Browns, take some of those big picks back, get some more talented players because the Bengals have shown the ability to draft nicely under Marvin Lewis. So that is certainly a consideration. That's a fascinating topic. That's one that deserves exploring. The thing that I'm exploring in my notebook, um, away from the Mood Sticks notebook, um, Khalil Mack, and we were talking about him. We, we, we broke him down extensively on the top five explosive players videos that you can check that out um, on YouTube. Make sure you click on that. Make sure you leave some comments and see if you agree with our picks. But Khalil Mack, here's the fascinating study that I've done. I had the people at Next Gen Stats run some numbers. Nice. And traditionally, we've always seen the elite pass rusher play right defensive end or right outside linebacker. So early in the year when I looked at Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack was playing on both sides of the line. He was playing a little right, a little left, but not necessarily having the sack production. The Raiders have discovered that when they put him at left outside linebacker defensive end, he dominates. He has nine sacks on the season. Eight of those have happened from that side. 
left going against a right tackle, he's able to use his game. And I think his game is a power-based game where he power rushes, he bore rushes, button jerks, he does all those power moves. So they put him against right tackles, and he wears them out. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I saw, his disruptive plays, he has three forced fumbles on the year in weeks 8, 9, and 12. In those games, he played 80 to 85% of the time at that side. I think they found his sweet spot but put him at left defensive end and just saying, look, we're going to let you wear out right tackles. And people – point out when I say that they think I'm making a slight but no I believe the most overlooked trait in evaluation is scheme fit you have to understand what the strengths of your top players are and put them in a situation where they can flourish the Raiders have done that by putting them on that side of the ball the other thing look Von Miller's doing a lot of damage on that same side he is he is and what you know what is unique is uh I think the league is changing I think the league I had a conversation with um uh, an executive the other day and we talked about in the past on offense you would take your most athletic pass protector and put him at left tackle you put your run heavy guy at right tackle but now because the leader features so many open sets you no longer can view those uh left tackle Same. right tackle you have to have basically two guys who have the traits of a left tackle to play on the edges and so teams are placing their pass rushes there to take advantage of that and i think the dynamic between khalil mack and von miller is interesting because I think their games are not similar, but they're having the same kind of production. Von Miller playing against the same dudes, playing against the same dudes. Yeah, they're dominating them. Justin Houston also plays on that side. That's what I'm saying. So Jason Pierre-Paul is yeah. playing on the side. More people are putting a high-level dominant pass rusher at left defensive end, and they're taking advantage of the inferior right tackles. We mentioned just a second ago the Browns have all this draft capital, all these picks. Please draft a right tackle. I'm just going to leave that right there. I mean, I'm just going to leave a, that. A, a lot of stuff. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's one right. Of them. Right tackle is certainly someone. The other thing I had. Yeah, what else you got? How about it hasn't been done since 1982 where a kicker has been league MVP. But how about Justin Tucker for league MVP? <laughs> Come on, Buck. I look. 30, I, I, I've said this. 34 straight field goals he's made. A lot over 52. Nine. He's made nine, nine, nine over nine, 50. Nine, seven over fifty this year. I've nine said this. I I I am one thousand percent against adults wearing Come jerseys. On. Come you on. don't wear jerseys. That's you please if you have one, don't do it. Maybe I guess you get away with it inside the stadium. I still think that's lame. But if I could only have one jersey of one NFL player, I've been on record as saying it. It would be Justin Tucker. Oh wow, that's nice. Because he's got as a kicker, he has more swagger than anybody in the entire league. So it's funny you're talking to Coach Brown about him. Talk about confidence. I talked to their old strength coach at Texas. I was like, look, what was this guy like when he was at Mad UT? Dog? Mad Dog? Mad Dog. I talked to Dog. Yeah. I talked to Dog. Got on the phone. He said, look, he's a football player. I know kickers kind of have the stigma of them being kind of weirdos or whatever. He said, this dude did everything. He has the, the mentality to be um, an elite football player. And, in fact, he was recruited as a wide receiver and a defensive back from some co- for some colleges coming out of high school, but his confidence. But the reason I'm talking about him possibly being a league MVP candidate, for the Baltimore Ravens, I think they've only scored 18 touchdowns. The only team that has scored fewer, I want to say, are maybe the Houston Texans. And so his ability to knock them down is critical. And as he said, you know, people don't think of kickers as skill guys, but when you look at the box scores, you always want guys that can score points. Kicker's at the He's top of the list. There you go. Kicker. He's not going to win. Kicker for MVP. He's not going to win the MVP. He get my vote. I admire, get my I admire you. I admire on, you for that kicker. stance. MVP. Let's roll through these college games quick. I've, these aren't even fun for me anymore, Bucky. I'm so far behind. It's not even fun, but let's do it anyways. Uh, go ahead. You can run this. I, you run it. This is your show. Okay, here we go. So here we go. So we're going to start out with the two-point game. We have the Big Ten title game. 
uh, Wisconsin and Penn State. I don't know how many people are tuned into that, but I'm going to tune in and I'm going to say that Penn State wins that one. Sully and Kent are going Wisconsin. What you got? I'm going Wisconsin. I, I picked Wisconsin. I think I had to do this for the Big Ten Network. They sent out a little a little questionnaire. I think I went 24-21. Um, I noticed some some health issues there for Wisconsin at the quarterback position. Come on. But I think defensively they find a way to corral that Penn State running game. I like Wisconsin close game. You're going to pay close attention to Saquon Barkley. I want to see if he's a legitimate Saw him play last year. He's legit, man. People say he believes that he is kind of like Chris McCaffrey. We're going to see on the big stage. Here we go. Washington versus Colorado. Pac-12 championship game. Our compadres, Sully and Kent, are going with Washington. I'm going with the Colorado Buffaloes. Wow. Come on, man. Wow. By the way, uh, their secondary against the Washington wide receivers. Tedrick Thompson. Safety's got a bunch of picks. Yeah. Awuzie. Awuzie, yeah. Awuzie. Awuzie. Nice. He's going against player. John Ross. That'd be a big matchup to watch. What you got? I guess you're going to go with the dub. I'm going with Washington. You got U dub? Yeah, I that's, think U dub. I think they, they get after him up front a little bit. <laughs> that's easy. Here we go. Defensive front. MAC championship game. Ford Field. Western Michigan versus Ohio. Uh, everyone is going Western Michigan. Western Michigan. I mean, you're not going to take the fighting Bobcats? I'm going. Frank Solich? Solich? Yeah, I love My Coach guy, Solich. Dwayne Dixon, coaching wide receivers there. I, I like green and white, but I'm going to go with the uh, – I'm going to Broncos. Yeah, I watched Corey Davis on tape this week. He is a really good player. Man. Hey, man, he is a plug-and-play player. He's one of those guys. It's rare that you talk about a smaller school guy being ready to go right now. I think he's ready. Here's how play. Here's how I describe him, by the way, since it's it's coming up on Christmas time here. There's players, and we talk about this in the draft meeting, you know, up, we talk about upside. We use that term a lot. You know when you get your Christmas presents, you got the wrapping, and you got mm-hmm. unra- you know, that, that sense of anticipation. You unwrap it to see what you got. He comes in clear packaging. You already so know what you get. He's getting. under the tree, but it's like a clear bag. I'm like, I know exactly what I'm getting. Know exactly what I'm getting. Now, I described him uh, when I made the comparison after I looked at tape. I kind of described him as a, a little bigger version of T.Y. Hilton. Okay. He reminded me of T.Y. Hilton in terms of his playmaking ability. Whatever. I don't know if he's as sudden, but when I watched him, I was like, man, he just kind of reminds me of how T.Y. has kind of emerged as a number one receiver for the Colts. The funny thing to me is, I, I look, I know it's the same school and it's not a lazy comparison. I really do see some Greg Jennings to him with the way he plays. I can see that. Greg was so savvy and so polished and was great and competitive, especially after the catch. This kid does a lot of those same things. You're right, probably going to a lot of those comparisons. Here we go. Temple versus Navy, the American Athletic Conference Championship. Uh, we got Kent going with Temple, Sully going with Navy. I am going with the mighty midshipman. I love my country, Buck. Yeah, I'm going Navy. Good, Navy. How about that? A little triple option. I'm sure you're partial to that considering. By the way, real quick, if you're Purdue, if you're Purdue, mm-hmm. why would you not just go hire a triple option coach? You win seven games every year. Oh, you give people problems if you're committed to that. But find everyone, somebody that knows what the heck they're doing in that. Go everyone, after the Navy guy. You're not going to get him. But try and find someone that's been schooled in that. In that, you're gonna you can compete every year. Everybody worries about that, and they worry about those lean years early. Can you sustain the fan base and can you recruit guys to go and play? They stink. Purdue stinks. And they're going to try and do everything the way everybody's always done it. You're not going to catch up. Be different, man. Somebody needs to do it. Paul Johnson, Georgia Tech took a chance on him. and All they do is win eight, nine games every year. Yeah, all right, who we got next? Louisiana Tech versus Western Kentucky. Conference USA Championship game. Kent and Sully going Western Kentucky. I am going Western Kentucky. Oh, I'm well, you're not going to skip, skip Holtz, baby. Let's roll. Give me La Tech. Rustin played there. All right, I'll let you have that one. I uh, was actually got hurt the week before we played them when I was in college, and they were kind of our rival when I was at Northeast Louisiana. And on the sideline, 
I had my jersey on, and the fans were right on top of me, and a student section literally sang Jeremiah was a bullfrog <laughs> the entire game. They had Troy Edwards. Remember him? Troy Edwards and Tim, yeah. Tim Rattay throwing it around. Throwing it all over the yard. All right, who we got next? Alabama and Florida. Kent and Sully are going Bama. I mean, this would be a perfect this time. This would be a perfect time for the Gators to have an upset. Here's what I would do if I was perfect Nick, time. If I was Nick Saban, I would I would just say, look, we we're in no matter what. We can lose this game. We're still getting into the playoffs. But you want the number one seed. You want to play in Atlanta. Doesn't matter who they play. You're gonna thrash whoever they play. I roll out there with all my second string guys and just say we can beat Florida with our backups. We're not gonna even risk hurting our other guys because we got the playoffs coming up. Wow. I think they would beat. I think so, they could so, beat Florida with so, their second with their so second group. Look, Florida's defense is Florida's whole. Florida's basically playing with their second string. They've got like seven starters out. So disrespectful. So we acknowledge you have some guys missing. We're going to go ahead and remove some of our guys. Oh, uh, that's keep, so good. Keep, that would be keep, worse. Keep the quarterback in there though. We don't want to mess with the backup. But, <laughs> but just do it. Come on, man. Wow. All right, who we got? Oh uh, man. So I guess you're going back there. Oklahoma. Oh, this is Bedlam. Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. Uh, let's see, Southern Canada going Oklahoma. I'm going with the Pokes. Are you really? Yeah. You're zigging when everybody's zagging in this I mean, this what's week. What's the point? This is the last game. What's the point? No, we're going to do the bowl games. That's where I, I catch mean, that's up. Fine, but I get to start over. No, we do, We start. This is same, the, the records button. carry over. I'm going Oklahoma. Why? Baker Mayfield? They score a billion points would be number one reason. I mean, that's because no one in the Big 12 plays defense. I'm not disagreeing with you. Who we got? All right, here we go. Baylor. Why is this game? Baylor at West Virginia. Must be out of games. I'm going West Virginia. <laughs> At West Virginia. I mean, Baylor's lost five. Come on, come on, come on. West Virginia for coach. San Diego State at Wyoming. Mountain West Championship game. I have Kent with Wyoming. Sully with San Diego State. I am going Wyoming. Here's the deal. Every time I've gone against Wyoming, I've, I've lost. Come okay, on. They've won, and I've lost. Come on. Every time, come I on, believe, every time, time I've picked San Diego State – I've lost. I've gone with the hometown pick, team. Pick, pick a tie. So everything tells me I should ignore the hometown team and go with Wyoming. San Diego State already lost to Wyoming. I'm picking San Diego State. Oh, That's just how bad my year's been. I'm trying to whatever whatever logic – when logic takes me right, I'm taking a left. I'm going San Diego State. All right, San Diego State goes for you. What's our last one? Here we go, Clemson at Vitek. Everybody wants to go Clemson. <sighs> I mean. This is kind of a sleepy game. I think Clemson wins it. And I will say this. How about shout-out to Dexter Lawrence? Dexter Lawrence is – That's your dad's guy, right? Dad's guy. He was defensive rookie of the year in the ACC. Let's go Dex. Go with Dex to get it done. All right, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Clemson. I'm going to this game, so I'll have a report for you. I'm looking forward to, to watching this Virginia Tech tight end, though. I haven't studied him yet. I'm going to watch him on the plane. Bucky, on, Bucky Hodges, right? Yeah, I'm going to watch him on the plane on the way out there. There's a lot of buzz about him. Bucky Hodges, they also got to play America on the outside. I think his name is Isaiah Ford. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to going to that game and watching Deshaun Watson and company, Mike Williams, uh, the tight end from Virginia Okay, how about this, Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Okay, because, like, we talked about him a lot early in the year. He's kind of played better down the stretch. Um, do you believe, like, if they win this and if they play in the playoffs, do you think he can change the narrative that scouts have about his game? Because we all view him as talented, but we just wonder, is he consistent enough as a passer, to be considered a legitimate franchise I think a lot of people like his talent. And if you're a team in need of a quarterback and you like his talent, he just needs to give you a reason to buy. So if he finishes like he did last year, on fire, he plays great against Virginia Tech here, 
he can get out of that first round game and then go play. Uh, doesn't matter if they win or lose. Play uh, that Alabama defense, put some points up, and play competitive. I think that'll be enough to get somebody to to buy in him. I think I, I think I, that's I think somebody because will buy. right now we're talking about a very competitive race. If he elects to come out, he's already said that he is, but we can't officially talk about it. But if he says that he's coming out, and if he's trying to change the narrative, the best way to do it is when everyone has an opportunity to see it. So we are talk about those. Five-star games, those marquee games where everyone curls up around the couch and sees and has a chance to watch him. ACC championship game and the playoff games. He absolutely can send his stock soaring if he performs in those games. No matter what he did in the regular season, they always remember those games. Part of the reason he has so much buzz on him is because everyone saw him light up Oklahoma and light up Alabama in the playoffs. No question. No question, Buck. We've talked NFL football. We've talked college football. We talked some hockey today. Got some of that in. Because people wanted to talk hockey. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change gears again because, look, you went to the University of North Carolina. I am a Tario. I went to Appalachian State. I'm wearing my App State football uh, uh, jacket today. But I've been an, an Indiana hoops fan since I was a little kid. I was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I know so I've been a Hoosier. This, I've been a Hoosier a long, long time. But here's my rule. I have a rule when it comes to I know when you're when you're like you don't you don't use the B E T word, but when you have uh, arrangements on games. Look, I didn't go to Indiana, so I can't talk junk. Everybody that knows Indiana. So you have to call in, Indiana. You have to call in hold on. Indiana knocked off the number three team in the country. Bucky's North Carolina Tar Heels. I'm not going to say anything or talk any trash about it because I didn't go to Indiana. But you have what I am going to do is I'm going to bring somebody in on the phone that so did bring, go to Indiana. You can bring in Rhett. And I'm going to bring Rhett in. Rhett, are you on the line now? You can bring in Rhett. <laughs> where were we at? I think we're, it's the hot. I think we're, it's we're the, Assembly Hall. Like where where are we at? Are they still? Are they still? Are they still? Are they still celebrating? Are they still dancing on the floor? <laughs> Uh, yeah, they are. They should be. It's the second top three team they've beaten already this season. Yeah, I saw they beat they beat Kansas and they beat us. I saw you guy Tom Crean taking oh, yeah. standing ovations at the end of the game. Like now, don't worry about the Fort Wayne loss, Rhett. We don't need to talk about. Oh that, my but, gosh! But, I mean, no, Rhett, no, 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 no. I mean, what, what, what is it about Indiana that just makes them so much, you know, just tougher than North Carolina? <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm about to gag. Uh, actually, this is, this is a great point. Um, uh, two letters, really. O G O G and an O V. Come on, the one-handed alley oop. That was a nice play. That was a nice play. I saw that it was a, a Sports Center top ten play. I know we can't talk about the other network, but it was a nice play. He went over the top of the defense. Well, you know, they played at home. They brought out all the big guns. Up, the eighty-one championship team. The, the eighty-one championship team is at that game. Like, why we need them not at coach that Knight. game? Not Coach Knight. He oh yeah, not Coach Knight, but Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas with the yeah. crying Jordan face. Like, what is that? Yeah. Look, what, you know what? what, what, what? Well, you know who we beat that year, right? I do know. I, I was <laughs> talking about it before. I, I, was, I was telling him that um, I won't say. Yeah, my disdain <laughs> for Indiana happened at the age of ten during that national championship game <laughs> because my Tar Heels with James Worthy and Al Wood and all my other guys went down that night. It was the night that President Reagan Man. was shot, and the game yeah. should have been postponed. And yeah. Isaiah lit us up, and so ever since then, I don't. Have a lot of love for the crimson and cream. <laughs> have a tough time Feeling with the candy, the candy stripes. So between '81 and '84, when that was uh, the Olympic year. Yeah, but Dan Dodge, they always talk about Dan Dodge. He shut, shut down, down Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, but that's the year that Kenny Smith got hurt, and Kenny Smith had only come back for like a game before that in the oh, tournament. Come on, geez. but that's fine. But like, I, like, because I, Rhett tweeted something about they were going to celebrate at some place, and I told him I only celebrate basketball yeah. wins in March and April. 
So when it comes to March you know, Madness and it's time to cut down the nets. I appreciate that, Bucky. I appreciate that. I'm waiting for I'm that. Waiting to celebrate this one since last March. <laughs> <laughs> Destroyed it. I'm waiting. Yeah, but it's, it was it was a good team. It's funny to watch the Big Ten ACC Challenge because I watched Duke and Michigan State play the night before, and as much as I hate Duke, I won't say I hate Duke because Tom Brady, Tom Brady may listen in. I won't say I hate him. I just don't. Not not NFL Tom. That's that's our our boss. Our boss Tom Brady. Yeah, our not, boss Tom not, Brady. Not with the Patriots. Is, is, is a dookie, but. Um, I don't hate them, but I was hoping that they would suffer a hiccup because they got their guys coming back, and I know we're going to have to see them down the road, and I know we will see some of these Big Ten teams down the road in the tournament. So, Hey, Rhett, I appreciate, well, you, I appreciate you lending us a hand here. I was going to ask you a question about Indiana football, but I didn't know if they still had a program. So no, they're still know. playing. I actually watched them play against Michigan. They took Michigan. Coming off a big win. Foster Farms Bowl up in San Francisco. I'll see you there. I think it starts in like an hour. (laughs) Very good up there. Thank you. Too much. All right. Hey, thanks, pal. Uh, Appreciate it, Rhett. Yeah, thank you. See you guys. All right, good luck, Buck. Hi, that's the uh, that's a good friend of the program, Rhett Lewis, yeah. NFL Network. I, I figured you would bring him in, former Indiana candy, football candy player, stripers. I can't oh, wait. I saw I saw fun. the stuff going. I tried not to participate. I was going I was going to wait. I saw the picture that you sent of the Indiana gear or whatever. So okay. I had loaded up the phone. I had some some nice little monogram. Oh, you're gonna throw it out. I had some I had some monogram things on order. I had, <laughs> I had some monogram sweaters for everybody. But <laughs> we, we'll have to wait. We have to wait until March Madness where maybe we can get into the same region and and, and then we can. I know we, we don't bet, but then we can have some playful yeah. exchanges. Uh, you got too many 6'11", dudes. I'm not doing any <laughs> Um Anyways, this is the most thorough Move the Sticks podcast of all time. We covered it all. Every sport. We will be back uh, next week to recap the college football weekend, the NFL football weekend, and who knows, cricket maybe, softball. Uh, we, we'll do it all here. Hey, we might as well. All right, thanks for checking us out. We'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.